Hi, and welcome to the Medicine for Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lynn Stiff. I'm a dietitian turned physician passionate about empowering people to use their lifestyle as medicine. Many of the chronic diseases and cancers that affect our world can be prevented. I'm on a mission to provide you with evidence-based tools and education so you can implement realistic and sustainable changes into your life to combat disease, reach your health goals, and lead your best life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Let's begin this journey together. everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you found last week's episode helpful in getting started on your wellness journey. Um, I feel like we always need to talk about intuitive and mindful eating before we get into some other pieces of the diet because they're really at the core of why we choose what we choose and how we can uh, nourish ourselves best. So I hope you had a chance to catch that episode. If not, please head back over to the podcast. Take a listen. Today we're going to talk about habit number two. This is sugar. So in order to achieve total health and wellness, we really need to be in control of what we're eating. And I don't necessarily mean that you need to be in control, like measuring and portioning out everything perfectly and only eating the things that some person tells you you're supposed to eat. You all know that I don't believe in that stuff. Um, If you, at least if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, I think that diet culture is toxic and driving our obesity epidemic. But anywho, um, what I mean by being in control is being aware and feeling like you have a say or a choice in why you're choosing the foods you choose. So today we're talking about sugar. It's a very hot issue. Everyone wants to cut out sugar. But I really want to talk about what sugar is and why you're supposed to be watching it. Okay, so sugar is a smaller molecule of carbohydrate. There are three macronutrients in our diet. There are carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. In carbohydrate, there are other components. So think of it like a tree with some branches coming down. One component that carbohydrates are that make up carbohydrates is sugar. So and even sugar gets broken down into different kinds. So the next level, there's dextrose, sucrose, and galactose. These have two sugar molecules put together and make up that molecule. Then those get broken down into smaller molecules. Galactose is glucose plus lactose. This is not one we're going to talk about today. It's a different kind of sugar. It's processed differently in our body. We're not going to even go down that. But just so you're aware, if you look at a a carton of milk and it says there is sugar in it, it's because lactose is sugar. So please don't freak out that your milk has sugar added to it. If you're worried there might be sugar added to it, go down to the ingredients and see if there's any kind of sugar listed. If it's just plain milk, chances are that is just the sugar that makes milk what it is. But again, it's a different kind of sugar. So what we'll talk about today are the other types of sugars that um, we're concerned about. So dextrose is um, two glucose molecules put together. We don't really use this very much, um, and so I'm not really going to talk about dextrose at all. Sucrose is glucose plus fructose together. We all have heard of fructose um, because headlines have been made over the past decade about high fructose corn syrup destroying our health. Um, So today we're mainly talking about glucose and fructose. Together, those make something called sucrose. That's table sugar, okay? Interestingly enough, sucrose is 50-50. It's one glucose, one galactose. 
high fructose corn syrup, which everyone feels is in itself the devil in the cause of our obesity epidemic, high fructose corn syrup is basically the same thing as sucrose. So high fructose corn syrup contains anywhere from 45 to 58% glucose and 42 to 55% fructose. It's called high fructose corn syrup because usually it has a little bit more than 50% fructose and a little bit less than 50% glucose. This thing is not some radically different molecule that is the cause of our obesity epidemic. I would argue that the creation of high fructose corn syrup has made it ubiquitous in our diet and has allowed food manufacturers to increase the sugar content we're eating. So I am not in the camp that believes that high fructose corn syrup itself is the cause of all of our issues because high fructose corn syrup biochemically is almost identical to sucrose. It is not dramatically different than standard sugar. Um, And other things actually have more fructose, like honey is almost all fructose. And so um, it's important that we don't get caught up into this uh, jargon that is perpetuated in the media. So when we consume glucose, it gets processed in our body through one pathway and that pathway goes towards energy and then any extra gets funneled towards triglycerides which will go into fat storage fructose on the other hand does predominantly go into this fat storage pathway now if you're not eating enough calories your body will then take the fat storage and use it and so honestly i highly doubt that fructose alone is the reason why we're all getting fatter i would suggest it's probably because we're all consuming too many calories and not specifically the type of calorie it's coming from. Sugar is sugar. Our body is going to store up if we eat more than what we need. This is one problem when we look at biochemistry is that we think we have a simplistic answer and that if we just focus on one specific thing, it will change everything. And as I've talked about before, eating a healthy balanced diet is more than just one thing. Okay. And so If you have been feeling stressed because there's too much high fructose corn syrup um, in the foods you're buying, I would, instead of having you focus on the high fructose corn syrup, I would have you ask the question, why are you buying foods that have added sugar in them? Okay. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. We all need carbohydrates to live. Okay. So some people will do better with less carbohydrates than others. So those are the keto diet or low carb dieters. The majority of the population will be eating at least 50 to 70% of their calories from carbohydrates. And again, remember, carbohydrates are a big category that get broken into sugars. So if you eat a piece of bread without added sugar, that bread will get broken down into sugar. So everything in carbohydrates will eventually get broken down into some type of sugar and get stored for energy or used for energy. And so This is not going to be a talk about following a low-carb diet or how much carbohydrate you're specifically supposed to eat because I think that spending all of your time measuring the exact amount of macros you're eating is going to drive you nuts. I do think it can be helpful for you to have a general idea. So if you want to track it for a week, just to give yourself kind of a, a place in time where you are, you might change your dietary behaviors based on that. But please do not count every calorie, carb, macro, out there all day long, every day. You will waste years of your life doing it and it is not going to make a dramatic difference. If you can get a a general gestalt, that will be the most important thing. So the key of what I've said so far is that sugar is sugar, okay? And this, you have to, I'm treading lightly. (laughs) You can even hear it in my voice as I'm trying to say this. So sugar is sugar, but 
the other components of what you're eating or that make up that item that has sugar in it, that is important. Okay. Because sure, sugar is sugar. Four ounces of juice, which I don't know about you, but I have never ever just drank four ounces of juice um, unless I'm at the hospital and I'm thirsty and that's all that I have. But four ounces of juice is the same as an orange. Which one will leave you more full? They both have the same amount of sugar in them. They actually even have the same kind of sugar in them. But which one is going to be better for your health? I can guarantee the orange is going to be better because that orange, in addition to having the sweet juices that are in the orange juice, has fiber and likely has some other phytochemicals that we don't even know about that get squeezed and filtered out when we make the juice itself. And so the orange itself is actually going to be a better choice at that moment in time. Because if you drink that four ounces of juice, I doubt you will be full. You'll probably be like, okay, I could have just drank water and had that same satisfaction aside from the sweet satisfaction, I guess. And it's not going to actually benefit you nutritionally, okay? So when we talk about sugar... Trying to choose things that have other healthful components to them are the key. I talked in a different episode about how we try to study like that single thing that we need for a healthy diet, but whenever we isolate that one thing and try to do it as a supplement, it never works. This is another example of that. If we try to isolate sugar as being the culprit and then we just focus on sugar, we're missing the bigger picture, okay? Because a healthy diet is eating an orange and not drinking a glass of juice because honestly, that glass of juice is just as nutritious as a can of soda. Well, four ounces of a soda. And so I think we would all agree we should not be giving our kids soda, and we at least not on a regular basis, um, and not, definitely not as a morning healthful breakfast. And an orange would be healthier than a soda. Okay, so yes, orange juice has a couple of vitamins in it, but it's the big picture, people. Okay, and the other component of when we're looking at sugar is with those other components that make up the sugar. So again, like this orange has sugar in it, but other things we have to take into account how this affects our bodies. So what is it doing when we eat it? So one, you're getting full, but then when you eat something like an orange, it has fiber that will decrease how quickly you absorb that sugar in your blood and how quickly your body sends out signals and insulin to pick up that sugar from the blood. And so if you're just drinking juice, there's going to be a huge surge of insulin because so much there's nothing with the sugar to decrease how fast it's absorbed. You can just, you know, in your mind, simplistically think of the sugar basically like going into your stomach and then like going right into the bloodstream. There's nothing to break down. Your body doesn't need to use much to process it. So what happens is you get this surge of insulin and all the sugar gets sucked out of your bloodstream and then you have a crash and you're hungry and tired and cranky (laughs) and you need to eat more. Whereas if you have an orange, and especially if you had an orange with some almonds or something that doesn't have more carb in it, um, but almonds having protein and fat, that would be a complete snack. So you eat this, all of those other components of what you're eating are going to decrease how quickly that sugar is absorbed. Your body needs to break down that orange in order to get the sugar out of it and put it into your bloodstream. That process decreases how dramatically high the spike of insulin is and decreases how fast that sugar is going to be taken out of your bloodstream. So you can imagine the orange juice is going to be like a super steep mountain peak. It's going to be like a straight up and straight down, okay? Whereas an orange is going to be a more gradual up and a more gradual down, okay? And so this matters, 
because when our bodies are constantly bombarded with super high insulin spikes, it results in insulin resistance. Okay, so this is how excessive sugar can increase your risk of type 2 diabetes and other metabolic issues. Also, when you have really high insulin levels, it actually is lipogenic, which means it increases, it makes your body want to store more fat. And so the key here is to try to look at what's called glycemic index and choose food in a way that the sugar increase will be gradual and then the decrease will be gradual. Our goal is to avoid those insulin spikes. All right, so hopefully we're all on the same page now and I didn't just totally lose you with tying in a little bit of science. Um, But basically, what do you do now, right? I mean, this stuff, especially this high fructose corn syrup, it's everywhere we go. And if they've taken high fructose corn syrup out, they have replaced it with a different sugar that just costs more money. (laughs) And so there's still sugar everywhere. And why is this? Well, food manufacturers are smart. I've said this numerous times before. Their sole goal is not to nourish us. Their goal is to create products that we will buy, that we will love, will like devour way more than we could have ever imagined, and that will taste the same way every single time and give us the same dopamine surge. Um, And if anyone knows anything about dopamine, the first surge is always the best. And afterwards, you always need to eat more to get that same pleasure. So the way food is in our country now, if it's something someone else makes, chances are there's stuff added to it to make you think it will oh my goodness, I cannot get enough of this. And so we need to be cautious when we purchase any kind of processed food, whether at the store or at a restaurant. I'm not saying you can't eat those things. I eat processed foods. I go to restaurants. This is part of our world, okay? But when you go, this brings it back to this mindful piece. You need to be aware of what you're eating. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance gets us where we are right now. So what we need to do is pay attention to what it is we're eating, and acknowledge this has a lot of added sugar in it. Is there an alternative? Could I make this myself? Could I buy one that might cost a little bit more that has less sugar? Um, Or can I just be okay knowing I'm eating this thing that has added sugar and I'll find other areas of my diet to improve upon? So we need to find balance, but ignorance is not the answer. We need to bring awareness because I think once we are all aware of what we're doing, we will naturally choose better options because we understand the consequences. So what do you do on a daily basis to try to pay attention to your sugar? Well, one thing is to look at food labels. And again, this is just an awareness. You just want to know how much sugar is in something. To give you an idea, one serving of carbohydrate, like if you are someone who has diabetes and you do something called carb counting, one serving is 15 grams. Every meal can have 45 to 60 grams of carbohydrate added. So if you look at a bar and it has 50 grams of carbohydrate, or 50 grams of sugar, you might be like, hmm, I'm not sure if this is the best choice, unless of course I'm eating it with a salad and chicken or something that doesn't have carb. So I just want you to to think in the big picture, how does this fit in, okay? And it's also important to remember, like I mentioned at the very beginning, dairy products have natural sugar in them that is not added sugar, okay? So any dairy product except for cheese and butter and cream, I guess, will have some carbohydrate that's from lactose or galactose and so just be cognizant of that when you do look at those labels and just check the ingredients to see if there's something added that does have extra sugar or sounds like it could be sugar so as you are starting to pay more attention to the sugar in the items that you're eating i want you to think about how can i be in more control of how much sugar i'm eating and so i'm going to give two examples of foods that you could be in control of that right now you're probably not in control of 
So the first one is yogurt. So most people purchase yogurt that has a flavor because most people tried plain yogurt for the first time when they were an adult. They've already had their taste buds primed and ready for sugar. Um, and they thought this was the most disgusting thing I've ever had. I could just go eat some sour cream if this is what I was going to eat. But the reality is plain yogurt is the same as the yogurt you're eating, just without all the extra sugar and flavorings. Okay. And so when we are eating yogurt, what we do in our household is first, we only introduced our kids to plain yogurt. So we sort of got them started on the right foot to make it easier to get them to eat this later. But we only buy plain yogurt unless it's like a special treat. Okay. Then we put things in the yogurt. So if you are someone who has never eaten plain yogurt before, I am positive that you will never eat plain yogurt if you just go cold turkey, okay? You'd have to have tons of willpower and determination to make it happen. The way I transitioned off and the way I always recommend is in increments. So buy a tub of the yogurt you like and buy a tub of plain yogurt. I uh, preferentially like just the full fat plain yogurt because the extra, the little bit of fat in it gives it more mouthfeel and is more satisfying um, than that runny stuff that I could just drink (laughs) that is the regular plain yogurt or the the fat-free one. So anyway, buy your plain yogurt, whatever kind you want, and buy the yogurt you're already eating. Then I want you to take out a container and start by mixing three quarters of your yogurt with one quarter of plain yogurt and see how it tastes. Chances are it'll taste just fine you probably will actually think it's good, (laughs) okay? The next step is a little bit trickier. For this one, you'll do half and half, and then you'll go to a quarter of your yogurt with three quarters plain and then all plain. Let's say you're someone who doesn't want to worry about all that mixing. So then what you would do is you would just portion out the plain yogurt. You would add however much sugar you want, so honey or table sugar, whatever type of sugar you want to use, And then if you were eating a flavor, you'll add some flavoring like strawberries or blueberries or whatever. Usually I do a frozen fruit and then you'll just eat that and you'll work at decreasing how much sugar is in it. You might realize that you're actually putting just as much sugar as the store one in your original, but the difference is you are in control and you can titrate back. The store yogurt has however much sugar in it and you can't change that unless you add plain yogurt to it. The only way that you can be in control of your sugar is by doing this. So I would encourage you to give it a shot and see how that works for you. This is the same as with oatmeal. So that's the second food I was going to suggest. Old-fashioned oats are dirt cheap, and lots of people love oatmeal, but they typically will buy the packages that are super simple in the morning where you just pour them in hot water and you have apple cinnamon oatmeal. The trouble is that oatmeal... Um, has a higher glycemic index because it's more processed than the old-fashioned oats and it's got a bunch of sugar added to it. And so with oatmeal, it's the same thing. Just make plain oats. You can make a huge batch in a crock pot or just over the stove and warm it up every day and then add things to it. Add however much sugar you want to it. You can add extra fruit or flavorings like cinnamon or spices and you can be in control. Uh, oatmeal is actually one thing that has a lot of extra salt in it too, because the way our taste buds work, if you have a a touch of salt, things will taste sweeter. And so food manufacturers are smart. They literally spend millions of dollars researching what gets us to eat things. Okay. So pick one of these two things, oatmeal or yogurt. My challenge to you for the next week is to intentionally approach the sugar intake in your diet in a way that you can be in control. Okay. So I would like to make this a fun challenge. Um, so pick one and every day this week, 
work towards consuming less sugar by being first being in control of your sugar and then try to work at titrating back how much is in the items that you're choosing. Okay, so that's all the time I have. I actually kind of wanted to talk to you all about artificial sweeteners, but I think that will have to be a talk for another day. Just know that artificial sweeteners still can affect your blood sugars. Some people are super susceptible to them and you should not consider them a free food. Whenever we have the mindset that something's free, intuitive and mindful eating go out the door and we just do whatever we want. That is not how we are healthy. (laughs) So I would encourage you to also work on eliminating free foods because there's no such thing. We need to have the mindset that all food is meant to nourish us and to uh, provide us with nourishment and enjoyment. So that's all I have for today. I hope you guys all have a great week. I would love to hear how the progress is going with your sugar elimination challenge. So head over to Facebook and leave a comment on the Nutrition Health Life Facebook page. And I will talk with you all next week. Take care and be well. While I make every effort to broadcast correct information, I am still learning. The views expressed on this podcast are solely my own, based on extensive experience and research. The views of this podcast are not those of any organizations that I am currently or previously affiliated with. If you have any concerns about views or opinions expressed in this podcast, please contact me directly at lynn.stiff at nutritionhealthlife.com. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another, and I am simply presenting my views on how to Use diet and lifestyle approaches to improve your health. By listening to this podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice or to treat any medical conditions that either yourself or others are experiencing. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Do not ignore or delay obtaining professional medical advice because of information accessed or otherwise obtained from or on behalf of Nutrition Health Life LLC or Lynn Stiff MD.